0: All right. Hello, Erin, and welcome to the Align and Grow Rich podcast. I am so happy to finally have you here. I'm glad that we were able to get it set up and done right this time. Um, Before we get into the episode, as per usual, I always ask uh, for you to introduce yourself and tell us what your zone of genius is. Amazing. Well,
1: first of all, teacher, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Um, for your listeners that don't know, we had a great conversation for my Meta Business Millennial podcast, and we were just like, we got to keep the conversation going. So, thank you again for um inviting me to join you on your cast. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And as it relates to your question, um, my zone of genius, that's a beautiful, beautiful question. And I would just say my zone of genius is knowing how to fucking level up. (laughs)
0: Okay. Oh, I love that. Okay, explain, break that down.
1: I just know that when times get tough, times get challenging, I am able to really tap into whatever resources I have in the moment to get me in out through the situation to a better situation and in the metaphysical world we call that transmutation yes and transmutation very simply is taking something that's undesirable and making it incredibly amazing you know they call it alchemy other people turning base metal to gold i am a true alchemist and i believe that that is truly my zone of genius and Luckily, praise God, I am able to utilize this, this zone of genius, this gift in the work that I do and um, how I serve humanity and especially in my family and how I care for my mother who has dementia and my three-year-old son and and really utilize these gifts to always keep us in the highest vibrational situation possible.
0: I love that. So since you opened up this can of worms this early in the episode, <laughs> go ahead and tell us about a time that you had to go, essentially quantum shift, right? From where you didn't want to be to where you wanted to be. Give us an example of that.
1: Yes, I'm happy to because it's actually really just showing itself today I must say for me to have been one of the most major quantum shifts I made in my life very similar to how you picked up your family and moved across you know the country to Nashville I'm saying across the country because Texas is a country okay (laughs) it really is (laughs) but very similarly um uh, two years ago literally around this time um I had unfortunately lost um you know, temporary custody of my son. Um, I had a pending Child Protective Services case against me. Mm-hmm. And um, on top of that, my mom's health was severely failing. And, you know, the CPS case was regarding my my son's um, digestive disorder. And he had lost a significant amount of weight. And his father was very um, in- disagreeable and not willing to accept the way that I was caring for him. Just put it that way. Mm-hmm. And, and it was one of the most soul shattering experiences of my life that to, to feel punished in that way, punished, not being a good enough mother, punished, not being a good enough caregiver, punished, not being a good enough human being, because I had literally up to that point sacrificed, you know, my, I had a hair business that I had forfeited. I had moved out of, sold my my condo in Detroit, moved across the country to Houston to actually focus on caring for my mom and my son. And I had made a lot of significant life changes that were all coming into question and under question literally in a court of law. And, And so... After, you know, I won the court case and was able to um, maintain um, custody of my son and getting my mom into a more stable condition with some help, you know, I was able to bring on some caregivers that were um, good for me at the time. I decided categorically that and I was also guided, you know, by my my spirit guides and by God to move my family out of my childhood home in Third Ward, which is a historically black community. Um, it's going through a gentrification right now. So you will often hear gunshots. And literally I had heard gunshots right in front of my house, back to back two days in one week. And given my fragile state, my mental state, my anxiety state, I was like, if we don't get the fuck about this neighborhood, about this house that's carrying all this heavy energy from so many you know years of trauma, then I don't think we're going to survive, right. Period. Mm -hmm. and so I decided to move my family into the penthouse at the Hanover Boulevard um, uh, high-rise luxury building in the Galleria area of Houston yes Yes, and most people would be like what the fuck and (laughs) you know I just knew that if this didn't save us nothing would and Luckily, between my mom and I, we had the resources, we had the experience to manage something and carry a load like this, and um, and we made it happen. And let me just tell you, that was the biggest quantum leap I had ever made in my life, not only from a financial perspective, but from a, a social society, a social status perspective. Because when you live in a penthouse like at a a nice high-rise building, you know, this is a 32-story building, so we're at the very top, you know, you know, we, there's a lot of stigma that comes with it, there's a lot of um, assumptions, there's a lot of, all kinds of things that come with, you know, being at the top, Mm -hmm. and, and I honestly didn't realize (laughs) All of those aspects of it, the sort of social aspects of it, I was looking at it purely from a safety security point standpoint, like we had a doorman, we had Mm -hmm. ballet, there were so many different points, there's only one way to get in this whole few ways to get out, but there's only one way to get in here, you know, Mm -hmm. there's cameras everywhere, you know, I was, you know, I was really looking at it from a standpoint of like, no one can get to us. Um, because, you know, when I was on on my house at our house on Southmore, I mean, my ex was running up to my porch. My son's father was, you know, yanking my son's hand, uh, son out of my hands in front of my house. Like anybody could come up to my house. I felt like in my childhood home, but here you have to go through a few layers to get to us. And if you didn't, then, you, you know, it was, a, you know, it was obvious. Right. And that was really all I was thinking about yet. Little did I know That making a move like this would, you know, it would prompt and very quickly start um, rumors, um, a lot of jealousy, envy, a lot of uh, emotions really, really start contrast emotions to what you would think people who are closest to me, loved ones, quote unquote, should respond especially after a situation as tragic and traumatic as I went through. And I believe that that was part of the quantum shifting and what I hope, you know, your listeners and what I'm sure you have been through, I hope they can understand that when you are uh, moving vibrationally and shifting vibrational frequencies, you know, coming out of that previous frequency is going to come with a lot of friction. Yeah, energetically and uh, physically, and what that looks like is the unraveling and um, dissolving of relationships, of um, contracts, both uh, explicit and covert, and and you know uh, uh, eventually the ascension of your soul. Uh, And that is what I do. You know, I'm in the soul ascension business, (laughs) both literally and figuratively. And I came to this planet to ascend at at all costs by any means necessary, okay? Yes. Uh, And so for me, I'm seeing now it's been two years um, since that incident and almost two years. We moved here um, in June of 2021. So almost coming up almost on two years of living in this home. I am still seeing and experiencing this um, unraveling, if you will, or unfolding, or as, as I ascend out of that that vibrational frequency that I used to occupy, especially when I was back in my childhood home, breaking those generational curses. And, um, and so I couldn't be more grateful for that quantum shift mindset that I had, because I literally would look at this penthouse every night before I went to sleep you know, the, the floor plan, because I never saw it before we moved in. There was someone already living here, had been living here since mm. they built the building. But mm-hmm. so not even the managers had seen this this home. So I would just look at the floor plan. I would look at YouTube videos yes. of the building. I would just pray about it, you know, looking at my finances, just like, you know, calculating how I can make it work. But let me just tell y'all that you can do all of that calculating and strategizing. But if God has something prepared for you, it's already it and
0: wait okay yes I can one quadrillion percent agree um with everything that you just said there is there is so much power and alignment that comes with changing your environment yes I talk about this all the time and I'm glad that someone else is saying it here on my podcast. <laughs> because I, I, I I, assume that there are some people listening week after week and they're like, oh my gosh, she keeps saying the same damn thing. Okay, we get it, we get it. But there's so much power that comes with changing your environment. So for the last two years, my life has my mental has been in shambles yes and um my listeners know my story I suffer from depression for really all of my life up until about 10 years ago and a few years about four years ago I stupidly got back into a relationship with my ex who was abusive previously and um mm-hmm decided after 10 years to get back with this person okay I fell and bumped my head I don't know what happened um and while he was not physically abusive anymore he was definitely still a narcissist still very controlling still very anal and it he just has a way of chipping away at my soul Mm. (laughs) and I had gotten to the point where I was almost going through my days lethargic Mm. my energy was gone and my my birthday is december 16th and i was sitting in my car because i started to spend a lot of time in my car because i hated being at home um and i said to myself i i i lit i don't know how to describe this but if you can imagine your soul leaving your body and your body trying to hold on to your soul, but part of you is already leaving your body, right? That's how I felt. Mm. And I said, if I go into 2023 in the same environment, the same energy, I am not going to see 2024. I knew it. I felt yeah. it. I felt that this person had literally, he was like a leech Mm. and he was just draining my energy, right? Draining my soul. And so I knew that I could not go into 2023 in that same environment. So I made this drastic decision and I didn't know how in the hell it was going to work because I really didn't have a lot of income. I had stopped working in my business, no, not completely, but I would say 95% of the work I was doing in my business had halted because I didn't have the mental capacity to do it. And so I was making a little bit of money, right? Not enough to pay bills, <laughs> not enough to get approved at an apartment. That's for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so I made the decision to come and see my oldest daughter who works and lives here in Nashville. And um, then we were just coming for a week for my birthday, right? And then I made the decision that I was going to stay. If I can get approved for this apartment, some fucking how, I don't know how, I am going to stay, right? If yes. it's meant to be, it's going to be, right?
1: Yes.
0: On paper, I should not have been approved for this apartment. Mm. <laughs> it just should not have happened cuz i had no income well at least not three times the rent i definitely did not have that so i ended up packing up my car with this literally i i filled my kids' backpack pa- backpacks up with enough clothes w- with what would fit right um and loaded up my car we all came here with the bare minimum and when i tell you everything just it took it it was like the 11th hour but everything started to fall into place i got approved for my for my apartment uh i was on a wing and a prayer driving here because two of my front tires two my two front tires really should have been replaced but i prayed cuz this was a, a long this is a 14 hour drive um and i said lord <laughs> just let us get to Nashville. Okay. Before right. I have to replace my tires, mind you, I also needed a new battery, but if I bought all of that, then I wouldn't have been able to put gas in the car and buy food on the road. Right. right. So talk about a wing and a fucking prayer. Yes. <laughs> okay. But yes. we're here and this building is brand new. We live on the top floor. Um, like downtown i can see downtown from my window yes.
1: um
0: like the amenity none of it makes sense is yeah. my point. <laughs> like manifestation is not logical at all
1: That's...
0: none of it makes any sense so yeah. to those people out there who are saying you know that you need to get out of your environment because it's toxic but you're saying how am i going to do it the how is never your business.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what's on the other side of your misery and the toxicity is pure peace. Yes. In the last few months, I have experienced nothing but peace. And I forgot yes. what the fuck it felt like. I was like, oh my oh, God, is this peace. When you get out of those strenuous environments, everything falls into place. Yes. Like I had struggled for the last couple of years in my business. I couldn't have found a job if I wanted to. And I definitely tried. Nothing worked. But when I came here, I have received, I don't know how many job offers. I was working within two days of applying for a job, right? And not only that, but my business, people are paying for my services and they don't even, I just wake up to cash apps and people purchasing on my website. I don't even really push my stuff like that right now. But it all is working out. And it was with it was easy. Everything was just really easy, is my point. Yeah. So getting out of your environment, as much as I preach that, I preach it because I know what's on the other side of that. Would you agree? That's
1: yeah, that's really beautiful. I'm just sitting with everything you just shared because I mean, it's, I literally have goosebumps because it's, it's really inexplicable. You know, when you talk about the manifestation and the how, you yeah. know, we really can never know what the how will be, especially when we're in divine alignment. And when we're divinely aligned, the how is going to be so much greater
0: than we ever imagined. Right yeah don't force it it's truly that's what going with the flow means Mm -hmm. like when you go with the flow everything just works out exactly how it's supposed to and oftentimes if we try to fix a thing we will probably fuck it up because we're (laughs) trying to do it from a logical space (laughs)
1: yeah
0: right yeah so um, tell us about some other things that you have overcome. I mean, that, that I can't imagine losing my kids even for 12 hours. So I cannot imagine what you had to go through. I would have been out of my mind, but tell us about some other things that you have overcome and uh, maybe even some of your greatest manifestations.
1: Mm. Yeah, I always start with something else more positive cuz i'm always talking about my trauma
0: <laughs> always
1: um <laughs> but i feel like for me um especially in my 20s i was and this was before i even knew what manifestation was so that's why i kind of want to talk about it and look back at it cuz a lot of times well not a lot of times we're always manifesting whether we're conscious of it or not yes and and at that time i definitely wasn't conscious but i, I but i but I certainly was intentional about what I wanted to create. Mm-hmm. And so that intent is, is, is sufficient. And that's one thing we always talk about. I'm a Tai Chi master and my Tai Chi training is you don't necessarily need the means, but you have to have a hundred percent willingness. You know, you have to have the willingness to do the shit, you know, do the things. Right. And, and so for me, I was going through a really um, challenging time. I was working in fashion in New York. And because of my, you know, not being very aware of myself or um kind of the energy I was carrying, I struggled a lot. I struggled to get along with coworkers and managers. I struggled to just you know, um, how do you say climb the ladder? So I was constantly making lateral moves every couple to you know, a couple years, you know, trying to work my way up. and was feeling like I was just on a plateau. and so I decided, you know, quarter to life crisis that I needed to go to grad school. And, you know, first I took the LSAT and studied for the LSAT for a while. And then I took the LSAT and was like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to law school. <laughs> and then, um, then I decided, OK, I went to business school undergrad. I didn't really love it. But, you know, what? I should just go to business school because it's way more popping than law school anyway. People have so much fun in business school and, and I can figure it out, you know. Mm-hmm. And I really had that kind of like cavalier attitude too. You know, I got into every college I applied to in undergrad and in a not undergrad, yeah, for undergrad. And I was like a stellar high school student, like valedictorian. I think I ended up graduating like number five out of 700 students and one like student of the year. Like I was just like superstar. And so I just figured that I still had that kind of clout about me. And so I applied again to the top schools like Harvard, Stanford, et cetera, and was like, flat out rejected.
0: Mm. And I
1: was like, damn, like, you know, I did actually get accepted to Columbia, which was, it's a great school. So I don't want to poo-poo on Columbia. However, I really wanted to be at Harvard. You know, people responded different to Harvard than Columbia. And literally that was the point, like, I was really about the clout. I was really about the check marks and, you know, improving to everyone else how smart and capable I am. I was because I I needed that external validation desperately. And so <clears throat> what I ended up doing actually um, in that next year, I deferred Columbia and I was just like, Hey, like, I was able to get into every school, you know, I applied to, including the Harvard's, the Stanford's, et cetera. When I was an undergrad, what did I do then that made me successful? And I thought back to it. And of course, in high school, living with your parents, I was living with my parents. I wasn't drinking that, you know, at all. I definitely wasn't partying that much. I was going to church every Sunday. I was doing the homework. You know what I'm saying? I was a very disciplined child. Right. So I was just like, okay, let me just try to do that. So I started going to church every Sunday. I volunteered, I became a lector and I was at a Catholic church. So I would read the readings every Sunday. I would bring the offerings to the altar. You know, I started, I hired a tutor that was like the, probably one of the most expensive tutors, you know, in New York, I was going to his, his you know, office multiple times a week. I literally made flashcards. I was studying, um, on the train to work, studying on the train back from work. I was taking my lunch breaks. Luckily, I worked in midtown. So I was right by the beautiful library um, on 42nd and, and like 5th. Uh-huh. And I would go to the library for my lunch breaks. I would go to the library after work. Like I was so disciplined. And let me tell y'all, when I applied, I applied first round for all the schools. Um Harvard Stanford etc I actually got and I decided then that I would apply for the Kennedy school the school of government because I was also like okay I was doing a lot of volunteer work I was like you know what I want to be able to you know do even greater things you know like I started to expand my you know my my goals and and I got waitlisted at Harvard y'all so I was like, oh, my God, and got flat out rejected again from Stanford. And I was like, oh, my God, you know, like, <laughs> so I was scrambling and started to apply to all these other schools for second round, including like London Business School, Chicago Booth, and other schools, Columbia, et cetera. And let me tell y'all, based on my, at my GMAT scores, I got nearly a perfect score on the GMAT. I was doing so well, like, energetically, um, and, you know, with my uh, volunteering and my essays. I got like full scholarship offers from all the other schools. So by the time, you know, the spring came around, Harvard was like, okay, you can get in. <laughs> wow. So, um, so I actually rarely ever talk about this story because, you know, a lot of, when about I ever talk about this? But, you know, but I, I'm grateful to kind of share, um, share this story now because, Oftentimes, people look at rejection like as categorical, like, nah, not for you. Right. However, sometimes the rejection can just be like, no, not right now. And you need to, you know, you need to, like I was talking about before, you need to alchemize a little bit more. You need to level up a little bit more to actually get this gift from me, from God. And so I believe that for me, that was my kind of like my first adult experience with really kind of going after something and and not taking no for an answer because I knew what I was worthy of I knew what I was capable of and where I deserved to be and I didn't want to settle for less uh, and I was and I, and I mean it's unheard of to like turn down Columbia to like reapply to Harvard like no one does that and and so I I did that And not only did I do that, I ended up going to Harvard Business School and the Harvard Kennedy School of Government. And while I was there, you know, you know, being the co-president of the African-American Student Union, you know, traveling to Brazil and working in Brazil for a couple of summers with startups and, and nonprofits in the favelas and going to Detroit and working with a startup there, um, Shinola, which is like now a global brand for watches and hotels and bicycles and things. And so um, I did a lot of amazing things while at Harvard and including starting to tell my story. i never forget my first semester at the Kennedy School because you do the Kennedy School, Business School and then both, that's how the program works. I took a class by with Marshall Ganz, who actually is responsible for organizing and, and, and strategizing for the Obama campaign, the grassroots campaign. And he also was a famous organizer with Cesar Chavez and the Pickers movement in the 60s and 70s. And um, and he had a course called, um, you know, public and private narratives, and it really was about teaching folks how to tap into their personal stories to galvanize people around a cause uh-huh. and so it was the first time in my life that I ever spoken the truth spoken the truth versus writing it I had written it in my essays for Harvard but I'd never spoken the truth about my childhood which was experiencing the loss of my sister to the um, hands of her um, she was murdered by her partner wow um, or A domestic uh, uh-huh. violence kind of um, incident and a few months later you know, my father went to um, federal prison for a prescription fraud issue at his um, his doctor's office. And at that time too, my mom was in a mental hospital, you can understandably, um, for all that was happening. So, and I was six years old. And my brother was in the Navy, so he really wasn't around at all and still isn't to this day really. And so I um, started talking about that at Harvard and wrote about it in, you know, in that class actually ended up applying for the commencement speech, um, for the business school. I was a finalist and ended up reading that that speech and talking about that experience, um, for my sections graduation.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And, um, you know, my, my put a manifesto now as I went from Harvard to healing, But now as I'm speaking through this, it sounds a lot more like I was starting the healing journey while at Harvard Um, because just even being open about, you know, that it was so shameful for me because I just felt like everyone at Harvard was just so wealthy and so accomplished and so perfect. And here I was like this stigmatized black kid from third ward whose daddy was in prison, whose sibling was murdered, you know, like despite the narrative, the real narrative was around it you know, what it looked like from the outside was ghetto, you know? Right. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I just did not like that um, stigma and now I've come to embrace it. I love being kind of ghetto fabulous. Like currently I have tattoo on my face, my neck, my hands. Like I'm just, I've really (laughs) embraced that, um, that stigma that I carry like a weight. For so long, because I didn't love, I didn't, I was ashamed of where I came from. Like, my grandma grew up in the, my mom parent grew up in the CUNY homes. Like, that's the projects of Third War. Like, my dad grew up too, like that. So, that was the energy that we embody, you know, even though we had lived in a little bit of nicer house and had a little bit of education, we never exited out of that mindset, that that poverty stricken, that victim, that, oh, we so black ghetto ass mindset. Yeah. And- until I started this healing journey, you know, about seven, eight years ago, very intentionally after I graduated from Harvard, I never would, I, I wouldn't be where I am today. So that's a little bit of kind of like a, a tragedy to try and find tragedy kind of story. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad you asked me to, to share that.
0: Yeah, that is awesome. So I I always really like to ask my guests what their daily routine looks like if you have a a daily ritual will you share that with us
1: yes and I want to share because of my I'm learning about my human design because of my human design my rituals often change daily okay (laughs) Um, and yet they are um, and also they can change seasonally too like I'm it may be giving up something too and picking up something new. And I must say something that I really love doing now in this season are salt baths, or herb, herbal baths. Mm-hmm. Um they really help me to relax. So instead and, and just relax. I have um, you know, how you had depression a lot of your life. I really struggled with a lot of anxiety most of my life mm-hmm. and anxious response responses to things and people pleasing so when you people please it's kind of like you're jumping to do something like that. that's kind of like my energy and um or was my energy I'm moving away from that a lot more now or I'm at least a lot more aware of it right. And so when I'm in that hot bath I can't jump for shit because it really just like sucks me in like I'm really just like I have no choice but to relax I'm like sweating like my like I'm having to drink my water like I'm praying like I'm just I'm listening to high frequency music, or I'm I'm singing, or I'm freestyling, like whatever vibe I'm in. Like I'm just, you know, in my zone.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I love that I have a beautiful tub with a beautiful view like of downtown Houston, kind of like how you have. Yeah. And so <laughs> I look out at my city and I pray over my city. I pray over my family. And it really is a, a time of communion with myself. And mm-hmm. um And of course I do my meditation. Like I've been doing a little bit of morning meditation just for 15 minutes, just affirmations over myself. Um, That can look like me sitting still. That can look like me like before this, dancing in the mirror, clapping. You know, I love to be like, I love myself. I am me, you know, just to affirm myself and, you know, where I'm journeying right now um, in this path. Um, especially when there's a lot of doubt coming from external sources and judgment coming like, from external places. I have to remember to tap into my internal source, which is the only true source. Mm-hmm. And and what else do I do now? Oh, and really shifting my diet, like drinking green juice, drinking hot tea with Irish sea moss and cinnamon or ginger or key limes or cayenne pepper and lemon so I'm really just about um getting more liquids flushing my body um speaking over my water speaking over my liquids so that they have more power and intention as they flow through my body so those are some of the things that I that I do or or rotate through on a daily basis
0: I love that um I have I want to mention this this just popped into my head It really doesn't go with anything that I just asked, but I just want to make <laughs> this point. Um, I have found that I've always really, well, not always, but in the last 10 years that I've been intentionally manifesting, I've gotten pretty damn good at it. Right. Um, but I am finding in this season that I'm even more better at it. yeah <laughs> more better. Okay. Right, mo better. I'm more mo better. And what i I find is the like the key is staying in a constant state of gratitude. yeah, and that is so cliche to say everybody says that I get it, but it's so true. Mm-hmm. It is do it though. <laughs>
1: Right.
0: Like gratitude, what you are grateful for truly grows. And I have truly been in a state of not only peace, but just constant gratitude. I am so, when I just think about my mental a year ago from today,
1: period,
0: I am so fucking grateful, period, that I was able to experience this level of peace again. I am truly happy with everything that I am experiencing in this moment. Yes. And when you get to this point, no matter what happens or what circumstances may seem to fall apart, like nothing could really knock you off your block. Let me tell you, that
1: can be more 100 than more 100. (laughs) <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's so 100. Like, let's just talk, let's break down a little bit what you talked about this state of gratitude, yeah. because what's happening when we're manifesting is we're calling forth, you know, our, our visions into the three dimension, third dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Our visions are in the five D they're in a non-physical space. So like when we're trying to bring those visions into this realm, if it's cluttered with your resentment, with your anger, with your judgment of self or other people, how the fuck is supposed to have space to manifest? Mm. So when you're in a state of gratitude, you're actually in, the, in an open receiving like posture in a way. Like, yeah, gratitude is like you're like you're sitting almost with your arms, either your arms in prayer, which is even which is amazing, kind of like, um. Uh, energetic stance or your arms open, your hands open to receive. And that is energetically how your visions can come through to you into the third dimensional form. And you can move into action, be inspired to action, you know, gather the people, the, the resources you need around you to make things happen. However, if you are not in that emotional frequency, let me just encourage you it is okay. Because that's one thing that, you know, both myself and Tidra can attest to, like how we were last year. Like in uh, I was also in a toxic relationship. The guy was like living in my beautiful home with me, not contributing wow. at all. Oh, actually oh, no. leeching off of me. Um, and 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 doing it with the with with anger and judgment towards me, like no gratitude towards me. And and so when we are in those spaces, even stay, being grateful for that, like is it's, it's incredibly hard. It's incredibly hard, but what it does for you is it, it enables you to see, okay, am I really grateful for this shit? You know, because if I was, I wouldn't be tolerating it. So it moves you to action to make changes, whether within yourself or your external circumstance. So you can be in a better position to manifest better things. So that's why wherever we are, wherever we sit, when we maintain that 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 uh, that emotion, the emotional state of gratitude or thankfulness or recept- the receptivity, it's 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 forcing us in a way to to be more aware, to be more uh, awake to what's happening in and around us so that we can, first of all, either change it or make, make more of it. Mm. And so I believe that that's, that's the key. And when you find yourself not in that state of gratitude, being patient with yourself, you know, being really graceful with yourself, because we slip in and out, even to this day, I still slip in and out of that shit. Like I told you when we started, I'm going through a lot now with my family, with, you know, my fucking family, Around decisions I made to protect and uphold my family. Uh, uh-uh. <laughs> so it's just the irony. It's 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 literally laughable, it's comedic. Yet that's what life's fucking about. Like when we when I be like my life is a movie, it's because your life is like you are the director, the producer, the 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 boom, the what do you call it, the boom man, whatever you are, right. you create this shit. So if you're in a situation that's laughable, <laughs> then laugh because you're like this this can't last for long. It's 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 literally a joke like how these people are behaving and I'm I'm not vibrating on this level, so this means I'm coming out of something into something greater and better. And beyond that is having the trust that you will. So just like you said we're talking about that gratitude, it's also having the trust that whatever I'm putting out to God in the universe is coming to me. And when you trust for that and you believe in that, then you don't have to worry about how long it takes. You don't have to worry about the how, like we talked about before, nor do you have to worry about what it's going to look like. Because sometimes it's going to look
0: fucking ugly, like your family coming for you. Mm. Been there, done that. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: I, I have definitely. Excuse me. I have definitely been in a space where um, my family came for me like so I get it um, you know I've had my own mom call CPS on me wow. so yeah I get that um, so let's talk about some of your favorite books I'm just going to assume that you're really into self-development like I am um so I always love to hear some of my guests favorite titles some of the books that have really impacted your mindset the way that you manifest um my crew knows for me it's think and grow rich I talk about that book I think on on
1: my podcast yes
0: I mention it on every episode because I really am a stand for that book so what are some that you would like to share
1: yeah I am a huge proponent of the handbook to higher consciousness by Ken Keys I literally have two copies staring at me right now I don't know I have two but I just have two same um that book was one of the first books I read when I started my metaphysical psychology journey um, at the University of Commission Sciences with Dr. Phil Valentine. And it helped to, um, I would say, in a way, kind of scientifically break down our emotional reactions to life and how our emotions can be controlled and how they, in like, literally showing parts of the brain and in talking about our different levels of emotional capacity. It was so great. And speaking of levels, I also love the map of consciousness explained by Dr. David Hawkins. Oh. The map of consciousness is something I always, always point to, especially for my business clients, um, because it has broken down our consciousness levels into a a, a matrix where you can easily see the levels it's he hired a statistician to actually measure our emotional levels um logarithmically so we can see numerically how an anger emotion compares per se to like a joy emotion mm-hmm. or rich emotion that one's really cool so um I also recently got this book called captivate by Vanessa Edwards I am kind of an introvert extrovert because I love to be like, you know, talking and out there, but I'll, oftentimes my energy can be too much for most people. So this book actually gives me strategy on how to move in a room, on how to utilize my hands when I'm talking. And, you know, it really adds more um, color and context around how to how to be in in engaging with people and help and not only helping myself but also allowing myself to be um uh more creating more of a safe space for others which is really my goal always is as i'm as a teacher as a new earth leader um it is my you know my cosmic duty my my divine duty to to share with others yet i want to always do it in the most um humble way in the most respectful way so this is helping me kind of refine that gift Mm -hmm. and um you know last but not least I want to shout out for some reason I want to shout out Queen Afua um Mm -hmm. because the sacred woman was one of the first metaphysical books I purchased and and she really shined a light on on eating on womb wellness on, um, on healing, healing thyself. Um, I actually think that may be a book she wrote too, or something somebody wrote, but really around the power of food, um, as, um, a catalyst for spiritual growth. And that's something that I'm getting back into. Um, I've always kind of utilized it with my son and the power of herbs, the power of teas, the power of elixirs, the power of Fresh juices and vegetables, raw juices and vegetables, and that has come back into my life in a major way. And it's super, super powerful when we can get to that level of paying attention to the foods we eat and and, yeah. and you know keep it around ourselves.
0: The food that we eat definitely makes a huge difference mm-hmm. uh, in in everything. I kind of want to go back. To a few minutes ago and I want to point out how every experience that we deal with on a day-to-day basis is trying to get us to our divine path yes so even though it may not feel good right I think that every lesson that we have to learn is designed to get us back to that path. That path that we talk about, the desires of our heart that we love, love, love to talk about. Every experience is designed to get you back there.
1: Yes, I receive that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So this is why being present is so important. And not being overly emotional about everything because when you are mad, when you're pissed off, when you're angry, it's really hard to see what's really going on. Yes. Right. So I know it's easier said than done because trust me, I will pop off. I'm a Sagittarius through and through. Yeah. (laughs) So I get it. And I know that it's easier said than done. But if we can really learn, how to control our emotions and be in the moment and say, okay, is this pulling me towards my destiny or away from my destiny? And if it's away, what is the lesson so that I can speed up this process, right? Yes. People yes. love to ask me, I think if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me, how long does it take to manifest? I would be like a quadrillionaire. and i always say it really depends on your level of belief but it also depends on your level of emotional intelligence yes period because if you are someone who was mad all the time you're quick to pop off you are out of alignment yes and the way that we manifest is is by aligning with said things right so we all have to really consciously work on our emotional intelligence if mm-hmm. we are wanting to speed up that manifestation process. Period. Period. Yeah. So everybody listening needs to, re- including myself, need yeah, to really sit with that, and that's one of the bigger lessons. Even though I know it because I've been teaching this for so long it's still a lesson that I'm definitely learning every single day I get mm-hmm. tested and I fail <laughs> but I, I you know I'm 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 getting there I'm a work in progress as we all are yeah but if we can just learn how to see the situation for what it really is this moment in time was designed to get you closer to your purpose closer yeah. to your desires then I think some of the things that we go through would just be so much easier. Hell yeah. 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 If we
1: all had that orientation, this would be an entirely different planet.
0: It it definitely. Oh yeah.
1: Because so much of what keeps us stymied in this fucking karmic loop of death, violence and repeat. Yeah. You know, sex, death, violence, drugs, you know, is our victim mentality in wanting to blame everything, everyone else but ourselves. Yes. Because what you're essentially speaking to is the accountability of knowing that I control my environment. I control what's happening in my life. Yeah. And people so often don't believe that. They really are of a mindset that someone else is controlling their destiny. It's someone else's fault they don't have money. It's someone else's fault that they're fucked up in life. And that's just frankly not the truth. Uh -uh. The truth is we all came to this planet with the greatest gift that God could have given a being and that's free will. And we talked about willingness. If you have 100% willingness, you don't give a fuck about the means.
0: So if you have
1: a willingness, I I really want to be a billionaire. Okay, well then God, this is a contract I'm making with you. Please support me in getting there. Uh Mm-hmm that's if that's what you want and you are willing to do whatever it takes to get there with god trust and believe you will get there Yet every every you know trial you come up against every every you know fight battle challenge you have with someone looking at yourself and saying what the fuck did i do to create this mess Mm -hmm. what can i do to get myself out of it and if you do that with every every single time, then you absolutely will reach your destiny, your desired outcome, and that's just how this universe works. It is really that fucking simple it is yet for some reason, we are convinced otherwise that nothing that we do can control how we get there, mm-hmm. or we have to compromise or we have to beat somebody up or we have to tear somebody else down to get something, and that's just not the truth,
0: yeah facts um our outer world is just a reflection of our inner world period our thoughts um control really do control that because they do truly become things the manifestation process is not hard Living the life that you truly desire is not hard. But when you say, I desire to live in a penthouse, I desire to drive a Lamborghini, but, and then you start spewing at the mouth all the things, all of the excuses that will keep you from that, God says, yes. (laughs) Okay, yes, so you can't say that you want this million dollar life if you have dollar habits, thoughts, and limitations Come on now. Come on now. It's just not gonna
1: happen. If you have the negative thoughts, just what you've been experience negative experience right negative bank account. yeah negative detracting from your from your gifts. Yeah. God always
0: says yes. God always says yes. So if you are saying that I can never get this, it's never going to happen for me because it didn't happen for my parents or this is the this is all I know. Right. God says yes. And sometimes it just requires you to get out of the environment that you're out there. We go again, that you're always in, you have to be exposed to something else. Yes. Because it's really difficult. I love to use this example all the time. It's really difficult to be able to tell the difference between a regular car and a luxury car, right? The leather is just different. It smells different. It feels different. The energy is different. But it's really hard to connect to the energy of having a Lamborghini a Tesla, if all you know is Chevy, no shade to Chevy, but if that's all that you know, then it's really hard to align with the energy of the, of the better thing. If Mm. you have only ever lived in like the projects or, you know, very mediocre apartments and you've never been in a high rise before, how are you really going to align with that energy? You don't know what it feels like. Until you actually go there, you have to stretch, right? By having different experiences, by being exposed to different things. Once you've been exposed to a thing, it's hard to undo it. Yeah. Once you've experienced going to a beautiful restaurant, being experiencing the best service ever, having some of the most decadent meals, Mm. it's kind of hard to go back to make it ease. right? Period it's hard to go back to your fries gonna be cold and hard and you you're not even greeted properly and somebody just looking at you waiting for you to order is that all you want what can i can i help you like that type of energy like it's really hard to go there and that's one of the reasons i don't shop at walmart yeah (laughs) i hate walmart (laughs) Because we
1: well, oh, talking about low versus, low
0: vibration. Right. It's very low vibrational plate. That's what it is. Right. A lot of younger souls there, a lot of younger souls. <laughs> With the bonnets on, like, no nah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. So, yeah, I love going to Target where it's not hot as hell and the shelves are stocked and there's always somebody ready and willing to help you, unlike yeah. Walmart. Once you've been exposed, and I, I've talked about this on many of my episodes. Be exposed. Go for the exposure, because it's going to stretch you in a way that you've never been stretched before.
1: Period. Yeah. And it's in the stretching that you reach for your fucking goals. Yeah. Because, like you said, you can't. We if you're doing the work, you're never gonna fall backwards. And I can speak from experience, y'all. When I made this shift, I was like, okay, at least I know if I can't, you know, make it in at this penthouse, then we can always go back home. But nah. My next move is a uh, is a is uh, something else. You know what I'm saying? Oh, now great. God's showing me something even greater than I thought I could have. So, you know, I'm building a 12 acre ranch right now, you know, mm-hmm. for my business. So it's like, like what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, God was like, okay, you can handle that. Like, look what else I have for you over here now. And you're like, God, don't worry. Don't worry. You just, you just do the work. You just do your work and let me do mine. You know what I'm saying? Watch me work. You right. know what I'm saying? You probably want to ever watch God work, you know? And so that's really all it's about. I love, love, love that you say that because it's in the stretching, it's in the exposure that first of all, we even have the awareness. And yeah. now that you have the awareness, you can't unshrink. You can't, you can't, when you stretch the rubber band, you can't unstretch the rubber band, uh, you, you know? Cannot- so, the rubber band is bigger, it's expanded, and so is your soul, so is your growth. So, you already are going to be able to hold the container, hold the capacity for greater things. Mm-hmm. So, that's what this, this journey is about, y'all. Keep stretching, keep taking risks. And as you do it, don't look back, don't go back to those old emotions, don't go back to those old, tired, fucked up thoughts. You know, you, you, you may, they may come up. But you just know that's old. That's the old me. Uh-huh. This is the new me. You have, you have to remind yourself because that's part of the journey too. And part of the dark force training as well. That's some real shit. The dark forces are going to always, just like in Star, we're going to always come for you and try to bring you back to that lower, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 old existence, if you will. Because um, I don't really like to use the word higher and lower anymore because it has kind of the negative, you know, connotations aligned uh-huh. with it. But you must understand understand that as you are moving forward you have to also be a vibrational match for all that you're experiencing and that vibrational match comes in your energy comes in your thoughts comes in your emotions like we were speaking to it earlier that attitude of gratitude that thank you god thank you god for this experience oh wow look at this i'm so grateful for this god oh thank you god for helping me to find my ring you know i'm praising god all the time like like never before, like I just, for the smallest things to the biggest things, I just know all my gifts are coming from God. My blessings are coming from God and staying in that attitude of gratitude is just, or, and, and and I know we're using God a lot because for me, it's just my religious training, but for others who don't have that kind of, you know, Christian religious kind of, um, uh, training, you know, it could be just thankful, just thankful to the universe, or just thankful to yourself um honoring yourself if you know that 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 god you know um doesn't resonate with you just find ways to just be thankful to the people around you um so you know it can it can be just those small shifts that have major impact
0: yes the small shifts so before we really wrap this up i i really want One of the biggest takeaways from this episode is to for everybody to go for this stretch every single day. How can I be exposed today? Yes. That needs to be one of the first things that you say every single morning. How can I be exposed? How can I become aware of a greater life? A lot of people don't get to the promised land, if you will, they don't get to that, that life that they envision because they don't, there's no motivating factors. Right. So if I go into a penthouse, right. And I've connected to the energy of the penthouse, that energy alone, and that awareness, that memory of being in that penthouse is going to be a motivating factor every single day. Yeah. So whatever it is that you want, go be exposed to it. And I guarantee you that it's going to pull you. It'll start to pull you and pull you. And it's it's one of the greatest ways to stay connected to a desire once you've been exposed to it, right? Um, So I want you guys to do that every single day. How, ask, how can I be stretched? What can I do to be stretched today? Um, because I know that so many of you all have these grandiose desires and things that you want to manifest, but it's really difficult for a lot of you guys to get there because you don't know how to get there. Right. You don't really know what it feels like. So go be exposed. What, what is, what is a takeaway that you, uh, want to share? I love
1: that stretching. I love that too. And as it relates to, um, the manifestation, cause I know that's also a, a huge theme. Um, I, I also, um, the, it is the theme of your podcast. I want to reiterate that vibration precedes manifestation. Uh-huh. Yes. It your does. vibration precedes your manifestation. So, you know, in that stretching exercise, that's preparing your vibration for what you're about to manifest and receive. And when I talk about vibration, you know, we all talk about good vibes, bad vibes. So vibes is vibration. So you want to have good vibes. You want to have a consistent experience of good vibes in preparation for your manifestation. Mm-hmm. So you must really focus on your energy, focus on your emotions, focus on your reactions. How do you prepare yourself for all the gifts in the storehouse that God has for you? So vibration precedes manifestation,
0: y'all. Yes. So let the people know how they can find you. Thank you so much for that offering
1: Um, Folks can definitely find me on social media, um, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at I am Erin Patton. Also, you can check out more resources on my website, erinpatton.com, and it's E-R-I-N-P-A-T-T-E-N.com. And also, um, if you're interested in hearing more from me, I have a podcast, The Meta Business Millennial and that's where you can find uh you can find that on, on all your podcasts uh, streaming services including YouTube where we have video. So um I would love to hear from you. I would love to co-create with you, so I welcome
0: any and all uh messages. Awesome. Well, thank you Aaron so much for being here. Um I just feel like this hour just flew <laughs> by. It really flew by. <laughs>
1: what happened
0: yeah so we'll just have to keep going on each other's podcast until yeah, we I agree everything that we needed to say
1: yeah period period because our journeys are unfolding so beautifully that um it, it'll be nice to just even document it like in this way like every you know six months just tap back in because I yeah. feel like I talked to you it had to be like at least four, four months ago it mm-hmm.
0: was not four months I've only been in Nashville three oh three months okay three months yeah so every quarter you know we tap in and just see how it's going yes absolutely well thank you again so much for being here thank you guys so much for listening make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening and until next time go out and manifest some epic shit some epic shit